Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio, on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are Olympicked out. The Garbage Fire Podcast is all about, close enough, being erratically <laughs> passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. <laughs> oh boy, if I could do it once, that would be super... <laughs> you, did, you did it once. I did do it once. Yeah, I Out of 41. And we, and we high-fived very loudly <laughs> right over top of the microphone. Uh, all um, the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> and we got excited about things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now it's just this existential dread of life has sucked us. Sucked well, us we dry. get excited about 22-point game point streaks. Yeah. Even if the NHL won't call it that. We'll talk about that in a minute. Sure. Because that seems strange to me. But anyway. Um, you just said it's episode 41. Mm-hmm. That's we're, terrifying. And we're almost at a year. That's nuts. It is super nuts. Like, why are people listening to this? (laughs) Listeners, why? We we love you, but why? I don't know if I want that question answered. And also, thank you. (laughs) More importantly, thank you. Yeah, thank you for indulging our total narcissism. Oh, 100%. Because we really super appreciate it. (laughs) Um, We have a pile of questions today. Apparently. Because I got a whole bunch sent to me, but then also I looked just on our Twitter. Twitter, There's there's a a bunch. I was screening them. <laughs> Mike sent a good one. It made me laugh. Yeah, he always sends a good one. Um, He's we'll, a we'll end with that one again because, sure. you know, because in the, in the next two hours, by the time you'll have probably forgotten what it says. <laughs> and, then, and then you will. That is 100% true. <laughs> and then you'll just, like, laugh cry. My memory is just the most loose pasta colander you could possibly have. <laughs> Just sifting through that. So instead, instead of a pasta colander, it's like the rings on the six pack. Exactly. And so you pass it. But I have in. to cut them so I choke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Sunday. <laughs> In case anyone's wondering, Sunday afternoon, and uh, the Olympics are over. Yes, they are. So let's talk about the Olympics. Sure. Did you enjoy having? I did. Some different like sport things going on. I super did, and. I find watching the Olympics much more enjoyable than regular sports because in regular sports you have that sort of antagonistic team versus team. Yep. Where in the Olympics, other than certain people, you're just like, I just want everybody to just do crazy shit. Mm -hmm. I just want them to go out there and do the best that they could do. Yeah. And I like that... I like the the notion that, like, for the most part in a lot of the sports, not so much, like, the hockey and the and stuff, but even, like, in the curling, like, they all, all the competitors at that level mm-hmm. of their sport know each other. Yeah, they're very friendly. And, and so, like, and if you're, like, if you're a bobsledder or, uh, you know, like, a, like a, a downhill skier or cross-country skier, like, you've com- you're competing in the World Cup circuit and you're competing with mm-hmm. all of these people. And so, like, you get to know them really well and they're your friends and, like, sure, you're competing against them. Or whatever, but like, there's still that that like camaraderie, camaraderie, like yeah. that Olympic spirit that they talk about, which I always really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like I watched last night the uh, last half probably of the ladies, um, the women's like 30k cross country, um, and it was great. Which as great as a cross, like it's like watching a marathon ultimately. Yeah. But the lady that won, um, she's from Norway. Her name is Merit Bjorgen, and she's won 15 Olympic medals in her career at five different Olympics. 
and eight of them are gold, which is like phenomenal. Phenomenal. And she was like two minutes and whatever ahead of the second place oh, skier. So she was just skiing out there like by herself. That's incredible. Um, and it was just like, and then and then the girl that finished in second, she ended up she skied kind of by herself too for probably the last like six or seven kilometers, and then there was like a, a sprint race for third. Yeah. But it was the top six. There was two skiers from Norway, two skiers from Finland, and two skiers from Sweden. And the girl from Sweden who got the bronze, she was just like in disbelief that she got an Olympic medal. And they were the other two that finished ahead of her from different countries, but were so for her. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that part of it. Absolutely. Even thinking about. Our, our pal Peta, and how he oh, yeah. finished like third last. Third last. And him and the guy from Mexico and the other guy from like Argentina. Yeah, or and they're like, like training that. partners, the yes, three of them. They're just all waiting for each other at the end. Yeah. Like, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. And that's awesome. Like, I think that's so cool. Yeah. Whereas, you do, like you say, you don't get that in. No. In most other sports. Not like, at all. Not professional sports, anyway. Mm-mm. You don't have that same, that same thing. Um, I would say, like, maybe of the four major, like, professional leagues in North America, you probably get it most in football, actually, more than anything else. Because there's always, at the end of the game, um, both teams come out on the field and they shake hands. You know, like, the end of the game. basketball, too. But, and I find, like, football has that, that, that thing. Yeah. Where it's a, a, where, for the most part, when the play's over, the play's over. Like, it takes that little piece from rugby and, like, yeah. kind of keeps it civil. Yeah. Ultimately. But whereas hockey is just a fucking shit show. Um, Where men can be men. But, like, speaking of hockey, I was very upset that the Russia won the gold medal in the men's hockey. Yeah, and that a Germany lot of lost. Were very bad. If they had just, like, played their last power play a little smarter, like, played on the perimeter, they would have won that game. And, like, it would have been unreal. Yeah. Um, But it was fun to watch. I didn't watch any of it. I super enjoyed watching the hockey. Was that one early this morning or late last night? Uh, no, it was yesterday sometime. It was yesterday? Oh. It was yesterday in our, in our evening. I don't remember. Like, I legitimately do not remember anymore. Because there's just been, like... Time is so flat circle. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense right it now. It really is. Uh, no, it was late. No, it was last night. That's right. It was last night because I figured that uh, when the Oilers game was over, the dry saddle probably... Tuned in. To, oh, my goodness. To, to I know. Um, but, yeah, it was... That was fun to watch. And it was really cool, like, seeing on Twitter and how people were... Sort of definitely mostly on Germany's side, except for like the one, the the two people who were like, no, fuck the Germans," and I was like, mm, "Yeah." And then I sent you that one tweet where it was like, "You can't cheer for the Germans because they like started a war." Started once? a war. Like okay. Well. And I was like, "Yeah, sure." That was also in 1939, <laughs> and it's 2018. But you I'm, can cheer for Russia. And I'm not right sure now? if you can do math, but that was like 80 years ago. <laughs> um. And if anyone has learned from their mistakes in the past, it's, it's probably Germany, Germany yeah. to be perfectly honest. Oh, um, yeah, anyway. <laughs> it was just really funny. The the reasoning. And then there's people who are like, I don't want Russia to win because Slava Boyna was playing. Like, it's just... And I get it, but like, just... I don't know. I just wanted Germany to win because... They're the what a underdog. great story. Yeah. And I didn't want Russia to win because I've been reading up a little bit about their like institu- institutional doping yeah. procedures and my friend Larissa sent me a really interesting um, podcast episode of The Daily, you know the New York Times yeah. thing and they did a whole 30 minutes on it two weeks ago and just thinking about how complex that system was like in Sochi oh. they found um, a 
Russian security company that could put micro fractures on the sealed stainless steel bottles and open them and so they'd put up shop right next to where they were up shop yeah. and like pass them through a tiny it's just like and then what? there's like dummy panels in like yes. installs and, and they and dump stuff. them out and they yeah. bring free frozen yeah. urine I'm just like just for a medal? Yeah. Like, all of this just for a medal? And I mean, to be perfectly honest, and I, w- I went for dinner with my parents last night, we were kind of talking about this, I feel like if the Russians weren't allowed to compete under their flag, then, like, their officials, whoever their officials were for all of the sports, also shouldn't have been allowed to be there. Because, like, if... Like, I, it's not the officials' fault, maybe, I don't know, but I just sort of feel like if you're not allowing athletes to compete... Yeah, how Under do you know the there's not corruption you, yeah. top down? Yeah, because yeah, there is a hundred percent corruption top down, um, and so I just I felt like that, and and I don't know. I mean, whatever it is, what it is, but like, and then I read something that like the Russians <laughs> there was some shit like, at whatever and make it look like the North Koreans had done it, and I was yeah. just like, oh Jesus Christ, like just let it go. I know. Just stop. I know. It's a bizarre. That's a bizarre sports culture. It really is. Like, first or nothing. Yeah, like, this win at all costs. But it's interesting, like, Norway, a country of, like, what, six million people or whatever, won yep. the medal table. I mean, it's helpful that, like, one of their cross-country skiers got five. Yeah. You know, that's a very helpful thing. But, like, you know, obviously they're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, again, talking to my parents about it, and I was like, but they're also competing in sports that don't get a lot of, like, television attention. Mm-hmm. And that's why maybe perhaps the Americans don't do so well because the money that they're sort of on the podium or their high performance, whatever goes into are like the sports that people are going to watch. So like yeah. the snowboarding and the slope style stuff and like the, the freestyle sports and figure, the figure skating. skating. Yeah. And I think that maybe that's problematic mm-hmm. a little bit that you don't, you know, cause Norway, you know, they don't fund, they don't really fund their sports programs at all Mm-mm. in the same way that we think of funding sports programs. And it doesn't seem to be a problem. No, I was talking to my dad this morning cause he's in Norway and I was asking them like they won, <laughs> they essentially won the Olympics. Is yeah. everybody psyched? And he said, yeah, there's a big, like everybody's really excited about it, but he said there's not over there as far as he could find there isn't like what we have you know cbc and tsn and it's on six channels he said yeah there's like two hours of highlights a night yeah so you really don't get that same immersion yeah. into it like we do well and the thing too like i know of television and whatnot like the figure game i can't remember if we talked about this last week but like when it was scheduled was for uh, north american television mm-hmm. audiences and they did that because NBC ultimately demanded it because the figure skating in the Winter Olympics is like their biggest draw. Yeah. And so they demanded that that's how it was scheduled. I remember the skaters saying they've never had schedules like that before. When would it be local time for them? Well, like... Like 8 a.m. local time they're starting? Ten, I think kind of 10-ish. Okay. Which is still pretty early because they would be used to competing probably like 3 o'clock in the afternoon or later. Mm-hmm. And so... If that you know, like if you're on if you're on the next group that's skating, you're gonna have to be at the rink probably by seven thirty, which yeah. means you're probably gonna have to have been up by like five at the latest to like eat and you know all of the stuff that goes with that. And so I think that if you're used to that later start competition time, I think that that makes a big difference. Um, but so I don't know, like I just think that it's interesting that that those are sort of considerations. And it was the same thing though in in Rio with the swimming they did mm-hmm. the very same thing because the swimming again is in in the states is a big mm-hmm. draw right and so they they want to make sure that people will watch um 
But I just thought it was interesting, like, you know, like you said, the camaraderie and whatever. It's fun. And it's yeah. enjoyable. It's great. Like, even when you're watching whatever sport, especially I noticed the, the skiing and the, and the snowboarding, when everybody, like, the top three, like, wait at the bottom of the hill. Mm-hmm. Even if someone was knocked out, they would be like, yeah, for the other person. Because yeah. they were like, they just did some crazy shit. And they were just yeah. so psyched. That- and, and they're and they're watching like they're watching like what their competitors are doing, yeah. and they're excited when they try new stuff. And they're like, yeah, ha- which I think is just a really cool thing that we don't necessarily get when we're watching sports. Yeah, for sure. The way that we consume sports, and especially how, um, as like one of our favorite, I think Tumblr posts about the Winter Olympics is like. There are so many ways to die in the winter. Oh my god! <laughs> and just the fact that everybody got out relatively unscathed. Yeah. There were some winter wipeouts for sure. Yeah. But man, these are some champions. Yeah. But I read like that that snowboarder that won the 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 women's giant slalom or whatever also won her snowboard slalom race. Mm-hmm. So she's like the first. Olympian to medal in like two separate like disciplines. Camp? No, um, oh. her name's Esther Ledeca from the Czech Republic. Like oh. she was like she, yeah she like she's downhill skied and apparently she skied her downhill uh, race on borrowed skis and won. And then like two days ago won the women's like parallel snowboard slalom. Oh, so she's got two gold medals at one Olympics in like two separate disciplines. That's cool. Which is insane. Yeah, like you know, there's people who won more than one medal. But they're doing the same thing, like the same yeah. sport. Like short track or... Or figure skating yeah. or whatever. But yeah. no, she did like two separate That's cool. things. And she's like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Um, yeah, it was... And then yesterday when I was watching the cross-country skiing, they kept talking about like how great, like how what good athletes these women are. And like, of course they are. Because mm-hmm. you'd have to be like 30 kilometer... Anything. 30 kilometers of anything <laughs> is a lot of work, right? But I mean... You know, and the men, their, like, long ski is 50 kilometers. Ugh. Um, and Ugh. I watched the, kind of the end of that, too. Like, that's a lot. I love the after the long distance ski races, and there's just a pile of bodies at the end, because <laughs> they're just like... <gasps> yeah. The, one, the thing I don't like is when they show them throwing up. I'm not such a fan of that. Do they Some, show Well, sometimes it just happens, right? Like, someone will cross the finish line, and they'll just puke. And, you, and it just happens to be on the camera. But it was really interesting, like, watching. They were talking about strategy and, and, and how, you know, you, you do this race when you're skiing by yourself and you're that far ahead of everyone. And it's kind of hard because you don't know where anyone is. And as long as, you know, your coaches are giving you, like, good information. But I was struck by, like, 30 kilometers on cross-country skis. Like, mm-hmm. I would absolutely be listening to some music. Yeah. And, and they're, they're not? not. No. Oh, all you have is your own thoughts? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> For, you know, an hour that and whatever. awful. <laughs> And that's just on race day. Yeah. Like, all of your training is yeah. like that, too. Yeah. But I was thinking about, you know, like, because when you talk about the Olympics, right, and, and, like, they talk about Michael Phelps being, like, the most decorated Olympian of all time. Um, he, uh, and not taking away anything that he's done, because he's a phenomenal athlete. Like, that's, that's incredible what yeah. he's managed to do. But, like, there's not a lot of difference between swimming, like, the 100-meter butterfly and the 200-meter butterfly. Mm. Right? And, like, sure, he, like, he trains hard and whatever, and he, I get it, but... I was thinking about these cross-country skiers who skied five events. Mm-hmm. You know, the women that skied, like, all six events probably skied, I, I did, like, rough math, but probably skied about 80 kilometers in competition oh boy. over the Olympics, never mind the training that they would have done in between. Uh-huh. Right? And the men who skied everything would have skied probably over 100 
kilometers <sighs> in competition. And that, like, that's a lot. That's insane. That's crazy. Do they have, like, cross-country sprint? Yeah. How short is it? 5K. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's like, if it's, like, 100 meters, yeah, wouldn't no. that be incredible to watch? <laughs> just sheer chaos. Yeah. <laughs> there would be, um, like, yeah, that would be just absolute chaos. No, the, the sprint is 5K, oh. which makes sense. And then there's a 10K sprint as well. Um, and how fast do they do the 5K sprint? Pretty quick. Like, all things considered. Like, I don't. I didn't catch her time yesterday, but I know the guy who finished um, his 50K, I think it was, I want to say it was, like, two hours and seven minutes. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's crazy. That's crazy. Like, that's nuts. Um, but it was just, like, it, yeah, it was fun to watch, and I super enjoyed the Olympics. And I think, I, oh, I don't know, I think I like the winter ones better than the summer ones. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. It's very... I think it is. The, I don't know why I keep thinking about this. It's the excitement of death, Megan. <laughs> well, I get it. There is the more thrill. of that. There is a little bit more of that. <laughs> True. Um, no. Well, now that the, like the ski cross stuff, did you see any of that or like no, the where they? It's like BMX, but like on skis. What? Oh yeah, it's fucking nuts. I watched one of the Canadian skiers. I can't remember his name. Um, he crashed in this race in this like the semifinal or whatever. And they thought he broke his pelvis, but he actually only broke four ribs and, like, bruised a kidney. Oh, well, thank God. <laughs> but, like, I watched it happen. And, like, you should see how long the hang time was on, like, in in oh. real time. And then in slow motion, the hang time was probably, Is like, 15 worse? seconds. Do just... you see his, like, facial expression? No, he wasn't. The, the camera wasn't oh. close enough. But you could see his, like, pole, one of his poles going one way and his skis, like, crossed in the air. Oh, and then no. And then he lands and the ski, like, bounces. And, oh, it was oh. just catastrophic. Yeah, that's terrible, but yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, and it's it's really funny too. Like, you know, you'll you'll see people sometimes criticizing the Olympic athletes that like don't do well. Yeah, like the you know the someone would criticize the, the cross country skiers that finished you know one hundred and fifteenth out of one hundred and sixteen or whatever, but like they're legitimately still in the top, like, 0.1% in their discipline in the world, regardless yeah. of, you know, they're better than... They, and I, I think in some of these events, they should have, like, mortals doing them. Just like, to compare? Just, a, just average Joes. Well, you do have that one skier from Hungary. Who's actually American. Who game? Yes, exactly. Who games the system and really kind of makes me angry. That she managed... That, that she figured out the loophole? Yeah, but also it's just, like... Why? Yeah. Like. Just to say you did it, I guess, because you could, because there was a a mechanism to do so, I suppose. I don't know. It's just really bizarre. But then, like, how embarrassing would that be? If people in her real life don't start calling her the loophole as a nickname. No, like, the stories that I was reading, it was all the people like, well, she's such an inspiration. Like, she just has this drive. And I'm like, she, she, she just stayed up. She yeah. just stayed up on her skis. Yeah. Oh, that was frustrating. Yeah, that's a little bit, a little bit frustrating. Um, so one of the questions that we got, which we'll address right now, was from Jess. Mm-hmm. She wants to know favorite Olympic moment, and her answer was Mark McMorris getting the the medal, which the is medal, good. yeah. Um, I'm not. I actually was quite a big fan of the, of Team Canada men's hockey getting their bronze medals. Mm-hmm. They were so excited. Yeah. And as much as I would have liked the NHLers to be there for like 
quality hockey reasons, this tournament without them was fucking chaos, and I loved yeah, it. It was a gong show on um, so many I levels. thought it was great, but yeah. I also, and I mean, like, Germany would have had no chance if the NHLers been there, because they would have had, like, Dreisaitl and, I don't know, one other guy, maybe, and yeah. then a bunch of, like, German League players, whereas this was, like, you know, they got lucky, mm-hmm. um, and they, they got lucky by the NHLers not being there. And I loved it. I thought it was great. But watching those Canadians get their medals, because I can guarantee you that as soon as the NHL started going to the Olympics, every single one of those guys was like, well, I guess I'm never going to go to the Olympics. Yeah. Because they know, right? They know that they're not good enough. No. And they, to be real, they barely were. Yeah. Well, it's, it's <laughs> It was in true. danger every five minutes yeah. of not working out. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty incredible that they got the chance yeah, to I thought do that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I was a big fan of the figure skating. Of course. At the end of the free, the like the freelance, I was just like, it was great. It yeah. was very satisfying. And I think I was talking to my friend Aaron this morning. We went for brunch. And we were talking about it, and I think my favorite part of all of that was like their reactions at the end, like Tessa and Scott's reactions once they finished skating, not the the skate itself, whatever. I'd seen the program before, but like just their reactions to it, because like you feel like people who've practiced something over and over, like they know what it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. And, like, you could tell when they were done. That, that they were shock like, they had. Yeah, but like, they, but you could wow. tell when they were done, like, we fucking did it. Like, yeah. we owned it. And I loved it. <laughs> we nailed it. Yeah. 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 I would say, hmm. Favorite moment. <sighs> I also, like, I enjoyed Chloe Kim. I super enjoyed Chloe Kim. And Red Gerard. Just, like... Just hanging out. Just hanging out, killing it on the half pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be very controversial. Uh-oh. <laughs> U.S. women winning hockey? It was great. Because it was incredible. Man, that fucking dangle by... Oh, boy. <sighs> and you know what? Like, I watched all of that game. Which I, or I didn't see the first half of the first period because I was out. And then I went to my mom and dad's to pick something up and I stayed until the end of the third. And then I came home for overtime and the shootout. And I thought Canada stayed in it pretty well till the second, mm-hmm. end of the second. And then the third, they just got curb stomped. Mm-hmm. And I, I was surprised that they made it to overtime. And I was surprised that they made it through overtime. And that is 100% on Shannon Zabados because she was incredible. Oh, absolutely. And I, for that reason alone, I feel bad for her. Yeah. That that happened. That it happened that way in a shootout. And I, I don't want to say that this is like on the Canadian women. I'm happy about that because it is going to do amazing things for women's hockey. Yes. In North America. Yeah. And just like, just the Kessel family. Oh my god. Just killing just it. Phil and then also Best Castle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And just all of the like great jokes about like Amanda Kessel's brother also plays hockey. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. It just it gets better and better. Yeah. And also and I think I think it's nice too cuz there was I think it was 2006 the Americans lost their semifinal to Sweden. Mm-hmm. And um, so then they won the bronze. And so there's been six women's tournaments in the Olympics and Canada's got four golds and two silvers. And the Americans have two golds and three silvers and a bronze. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still... There's still not really any parity. 
it's going to be those two teams for Forever, sure. Yeah. Unless like something fluky happens ultimately. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. But it's nice to see some of the programs from elsewhere, you know, pick succeed. it up. Absolutely. And make and, it exciting. Yeah. Right? And it's, and it's good. And I think, I think the fact that there is, that there's women's hockey leagues mm-hmm. and in the NWHL they get paid. Yes. Yeah, so, well, and even think about how the American women really fought for for pay from appropriate ho- USA pay hockey. from USA hockey. Like it yeah. was just a monumental year for them, and and that I'm really really happy for them about that. Yeah. And I mean, when it and it's funny too. I was watching on on my Twitter on Wednesday, and people were like really upset about it, and I don't. Um, I wasn't upset about. I it. don't subscribe to that like rivalry, especially with the like with the women's program. No, because I think that having those two really strong, successful programs is nothing but good. It's good for, for everyone. Sport. It's good for everyone. Um, on the flip side, though, I hate the U.S. women's soccer team. Oh, hate them. Okay, it's less less so now that Abby Wambach and Hope Solo don't play Are anymore. Gone. Yeah, but oh my god, like in twenty twelve. Oh. Holy shit! Hated okay. them. I can, I can understand. Um, that. But yeah, now I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I feel that way anymore. In that same respect, I'd have to like think about it, but I don't think I actually do. Um, what's with the props? Aerobics class is what this is titled. We're watching the gala performance for the figure skating. Uh, I watched this last night. He was great. Oh, um, I think I would kill this like mime acting though. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty great. Um, Ooh, smack your glutes some more. <laughs> um, that's a good, I think that's a good moment. Yeah. I think that was, I think that's a good moment. Because I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about, like, what's, what's the most good for everybody? Um, I also, I'm trying to, yeah, for, I think, yeah, on a, on a large scale, I think that was a good one. I think, um, something else that I particularly enjoyed was watching as a, a Norwegian cross-country skier. I can't remember his his first name, but his last name is is Klebo. He's, like, 21. And he's just, like, this phenom. Mm-hmm. And, like, just watching, you know, and just hearing them talk about him, like, when they're in the commentary of the race and, like, just watching him ski and they're talking about um, what he's doing in terms of, like, technique for the sport and stuff. And I find that really interesting because, like, I'm not... I don't pay attention to this stuff outside of the Olympics. So I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. But it's interesting hearing those kinds of things and, like, what people are doing that's, like, a little bit different to, like give them an edge in a sport where basically everything's the same mm-hmm. you know and I think that's kind of I think that's kind of good too it's also just funny to see what everybody wears like yeah. not necessarily like the national like outfits everybody has but like the ridiculous things that we've decided are the most advanced equipment yes for luge or bobsled apparently or... there was some controversy i don't know if it was short track speed skating or long track with the americans and their suits and the crotch patches that they have because which makes sense because their thighs are so big that they will definitely rub together first of all which it, <laughs> but it totally makes sense like i but get you it. did give me a knowing look but, I, but no it <laughs> definitely makes sense because i never really thought about it but apparently there was some controversy that like um <laughs> There's weird things happening. Oh my! What happened? <laughs> he tore off all his clothes, and he's got a he's got a cape. He's got a cape and knee socks. And his wow. skates like look like Chuck Taylors. It's, they I'm very do. Strange. I do want those skates. They're kind for of awesome. Sure. Um, but yeah, so there's some apparently some controversy over the crotch patches on these U.S. speed skating um, uniforms because the color that was so so much in contrast to the rest of the uniform that they were like almost distracting. 
And I was like, okay. To strange. who? I don't know. And then there, but there was like also some some discussion about like the material that the that the crotch patches themselves were made of mm. and stuff. And I was like, this is so weird. That is so weird. Um, but I remember in swimming, I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but in in swimming when people could wear like the long sleeves and like all the way down. Now you can't. You can only wear like the women can only wear. Um, like, like the, the jammer back. shorts, the racer yeah. back with the with the like the jammer shorts. That's as long as you can go. Well, you can't wear like the full skin. Why? Because there was they were breaking world records, like just like left and right. Because as soon as you put those skin suits on, it like it reduces drag so so much that it was ultimately unfair competitive edge. Well, so then they, put everybody in them. But not every. But they couldn't because not everybody competing on those world stages could afford that stuff. It was, the, like, the programs that had more money could outfit their swimmers better. Mm. And so this kind of reduced... This This sort of brings it back to parity. So, like, I get it that there are equipment things that are, like, give you an unfair advantage. See, and all this stuff fascinates me. But then you have, like, bobsled, where they, you know, in four runs, you have two teams that tie. Mm-hmm. How? To, like, a thousandth of a second. Like, how is that, <laughs> how is that like, statistically possible? Uh, you know? I know. Each time they do, like, a timed event... They always, like, they'll have the clock going. Yeah. And then after they're done, you, like, see the thing. And I'm always like, that's not what the clock said. <laughs> that's not what I saw the clock say. Yeah. I never trust the timed yeah. events at all. I don't trust the judged events, though, because... Anything with human error. Yeah. No boy. Well, and in the cross-country skiing yesterday, when they were hitting the timing points, there was, they were clearly, they were, like, breaking the plane of a laser. Yeah. Is what was happening. And I feel like... They must have had some kind of chip in their like label or whatever, which makes sense. And yeah, then it, that's like it, on marathons which, too. You gotta, you yeah. know, but and but you could audibly hear the beep too, oh, okay. which was kind of nice, so that you knew like you'd cross this timing point or whatever, and so it was you've been recorded, yeah. uh, and it was recorded, and so like it would blip and then it would show up on the screen like instantaneously, yeah, um, which was kind of awesome. So I kind of like that part of the timing because there isn't that human error ultimately. Like it's it's mechanical. Yeah. Um, which of course then it fails on what you do. God, who knows? The best, I guess. Who knows? Um, I was trying to remember where the next Summer Olympics are, and I was going to look it up earlier, but I definitely forgot. Because I know the next Winter Olympics are in Beijing. Correct. I will I'll let I you know. I do not know where the next Summer Olympics are. And really, for the Summer Olympics, I literally are they only in Tokyo? About swimming. 2016 is not the year I'm looking nope. for. <laughs> <laughs> 2020. Yeah, that would be the one. Tokyo. Are they? Okay. Yes. Cool. That will be very cool. Yeah. I was a little bit concerned about that athlete who went on that just drunk driving. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. And it was with his manager and his wife. Okay, so when that happened. What? When that. When that happened, it was like, I, I saw it on Twitter, I think it was Bruce Arthur that I saw, tweeted about it yeah. first. Um, it was just sort of like, hearing that this happened, we'll report more when we know it kind of thing, And right? your assumption was? My first assumption was Scott Moyer, and my 100%. second assumption was John Morris. Because <laughs> 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 I was like, of course it was going to be him. Yeah. But then I was like, I'm 98% sure that neither of them are married, so probably yeah. not. And the way it was worded was like, it was his manager. And so then we were thinking about higher profile athletes, mm. which is why, again, those two would make more sense. But then it, it turned out to be like a team manager. Yeah. Because um, then I was thinking, well, what if it's one of the snowboarders or, you know, like, 
somebody just like as that. someone you assume well no but it, it wasn't even so much that but just like one of the one of those guys who's like you know who's high on the world cup circuit and that kind of thing and would have right like a manager a manager or, or yeah that kind of thing right um but yeah like legit my first my first thought was got more and my second thought was john morris Mm. Um and then and then I was like oh maybe it was this the ski cross guy who won the gold was another thought because oh. I know his wife was there because I saw her when he won I saw her like in the crowd or whatever oh, yeah. but then I was wrong on all of those counts and I'm glad that I was wrong to be perfectly honest yeah it was a little bit like unnerved by how excited everybody was about that and I was like dudes that's still drinking and driving in a foreign nation yeah like let's not celebrate this person is a hero yeah yikes um but like i mean to be fair if you want to compare the canadian athlete drinking and driving at the these olympics to ryan lochte lying about being held at gunpoint oh boy i'll take this that's true like this isn't even this isn't uh, even close to ryan lochte oh boy i don't Ooh think boy. um other sportsy things trade deadline day is tomorrow Yes, there's some are, shit happening. Yeah, there's a lot of shit happening. Rick <sighs> Nash is now a Boston Bruin. He is. I was actually surprised how much they got in return for Rick Nash. Yeah. I do not think <laughs> that they need that much in return for Rick Nash. No, Rick Nash, no. I think, and this is the problem, the sort of fundamental problem with Overvaluing hockey. mediocre men. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to get it in there once before you did. <laughs> I feel like that's the title of this episode. <laughs> Uh, we'll have to figure out how to word that, but I feel like that's where we're going. Um, no, I think that the the problem with the way that hockey contracts are structured um, lends itself to weird trades like this because you're right; that's probably too much. So you're looking for a monetary return but that's equitable, sort of. But you're also when when contracts are structured, like the Lucic contract is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a bad contract. First of all, I'm going to get that right out there. Um, because he's getting paid $8 million this year. $8 million. Um, hey, you gotta warn me when sorry. you say those things before I'm drinking. Sorry, $8 million this year. He's like, cap it to $6 million, but $8 million of actual salary, US dollars. Oh, boy. And do you want to know how many points Milan Lucic has brought to the Edmonton Oilers this year? In 61 games. Oh, God. Can I guess? I'm going to tell you. Okay. 30. I was going to guess half that. So good on you, Milan. <laughs> Do you know how many points uh, Taylor Hall has in his last 21 games? I do. 30. Yep. Do you know how much money Taylor Hall's getting paid this year? Six. Six million dollars. Mm. So for Dustin Nielsen math out there, <laughs> I'm just saying, the, the value contract of those two is not Lucic. No. Anyway, um, but I think that the way that the contracts are structured, I think, makes is, is problematic. And the reason I think that Lucic is, is a good example is, like, when Shirelli signed him to that deal, he was basically paying him for what he had already done, mm-hmm. not what his potential is going to be. Absolutely. Whereas, like, for us, in our jobs, we get paid based on our experience. Yeah. So, like, my salary goes up and your salary goes up. With each year. With each year, because we've gained more experience. Mm-hmm. On the job, whereas like these guys are also gaining experience, but you're getting paid more money for things you haven't done yet. Yeah. Whereas we get paid more money for things that we've done, which to so me makes a So they're getting paid sense. based on their future potential, or but, potential potential. 
Yeah, they're getting they're getting paid based on their potential potential because there's no guarantees. And I mean, there's no guarantees that Taylor Hall is going to stay as productive as like that would be impossible. Yeah. Um. There's no guarantees of any of those things, right? There's no guarantees that Connor makes it through his eight year deal without breaking a leg. Like there are zero guarantees in all this. Yeah. But I think when you when you pay people on a scale that allows you to like predict what they're going to bring to you. Yeah. Then when you make trades like this, like this Rick Nash deal, his contract sucks. Yeah. Um, and so then what you have to do is you have to figure out a way to get out from under it. The Eric Carlson thing in Ottawa is also really interesting because I don't Ottawa, fucking understand oh what's going on there. But, like, they want to attach Bobby Ryan to, to a Carlson trade because yeah. that contract is so bad. Yeah. Of course it was bad. It, if you look on the day it was signed, I bet you could go find whatever day it was signed. You could go back and through through Twitter and find, like, think pieces about why this contract was absolute shit yeah. for the Senators. And, of course, Bobby Ryan's not going to say no. Because what player says no to being overvalued? Oh, for sure. Right? For like, sure. You know, so, that's going to be interesting. And we've, like, on that point, we've talked a lot about how, like, of course, chase that money. Mm-hmm. Like, your career is so short. Yeah. It's a capitalist endeavor. You have to mm-hmm. get what you, what you can while you can. Yeah. But, God, Ottawa is just... What? I, I thought the Oilers oh. were, like, a Mickey Mouse organization, and then Eugene Melnick is like, hold my beers. <laughs> like, yes. Like, just holy shit. Hold my beers and also pay me back for that Uber. Yeah. Like, like, I don't... I hope that's true. I want that to be true. It's so petty, Megan. I want it to be true so badly. Wow. And apparently there's, like, friction um, with the GM and Eric Carlson, and it has something to do with, like, music in the locker room yeah, and other things. Yeah, I that, too. Like, like, I get it, but Eric Carlson is potentially the best defenseman in the game right now. For sure. And how do you... How do you just be like, yeah, okay, well, character problems? Like, I don't understand this. I don't get it. Like, if... Oh, there's just so much to unpack here. I don't even know where to begin on this. Like... Imagine going to work every day, knowing that your boss basically thought you were expendable. Even though you know you're not. Uh-huh. And knowing that this is... Uh, but it's all happening in the public eye, and there's nothing you can say about it. Yeah. Because then if you say something about it, you get shit on for being whatever. Mm-hmm. A poor loser, or whatever it is. Um, and you just have to accept it. Like, you don't get a choice. And then partway through the time of your contract, your boss is like, see ya. Yeah, like Matt Duchesne. You know, um, well, he wanted out, and that's yeah. a little bit different. But like, I don't think Carlson wants to go. I don't think so either. I think he would like to build a. I mean, his wife's from there. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, I just assumed that she was. Yeah, no. A fellow countryman. No, he was married before, and he was married to a Swedish girl before. This is his second. That's very sad. Yeah, yeah. No, she's from. She's from there. Um, you know, so I kind of, I don't think he wants to leave necessarily. Maybe he does. I don't know. But I, I've never gotten that feeling from things that he said or whatever. Um, and, you know, but just all of a sudden your boss is like, well, go and take this anchor with you. I don't understand that either. Cause it doesn't seem like based on the stuff, the rumblings, the hearsay that's happening, 
why does Eugene Melnick even own this team? <laughs> it doesn't seem like he enjoys it. No. Or is being particularly successful at it. No, he's, he can't put fans in the seats because the arena's like, you've been out there. You know yeah, where it is. Yeah, is real far away. And I, I'd never, I knew it was out there. I didn't know how far. And then the summer when we drove through, I was like, Jesus, this is how far you have to come for a That's game? very far, yeah. So last week on Puck Soup, uh, or this past week on Puck Soup, when they, I can't remember the guy's name that they were talking to, their guest. Elaine. Yeah, Musa or whatever. Musa, yeah. Um, and he was saying that, um, he was saying that like if he wants to go to a game, he has to leave the city pretty early to get there. At Otherwise, like four, he's, yeah. he's gonna miss puck drop. Yeah. Because traffic's so bad getting out there, and that's crazy. Like that's crazy to me. Well, that's so crazy that they don't even have like a train out there. I know, like it's nuts. Or even express buses or something, yeah. some kind of something to move people and get them out there. I know, it's crazy. Or it's a jet. <laughs> a hyperloop. It's a seven minute flight. <laughs> and you have to circle back to land. Yeah. <laughs> it should be a helipad maybe oh. on top of the building. I don't know. Well, I'm but sure yeah. Eugene has one. It's, but yeah. It's, where's his wealth come from? I'm just going to do a quick Google on Eugene. Yeah, because his wealth is not coming out of no. um, But... Yeah, like, that whole situation is just a mess. And, like, I thought the Oilers were a tire fire of an organization. I mean, they are, but, like, I thought they were an actual tire fire. But, like, it sounds to me like the Ottawa Senators are like, nope, let us show you how things are done the wrong way. Yeah. There's just a lot that I already don't like about Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, his name's Eugene. His or... name is Eugene. Okay. Um, he... <sighs> Well, he's in pharmaceuticals. Oh, okay. Um, he's been sued for accounting fraud. Okay. Um, he races horses. Okay. Which I don't agree with. Um, like, well, okay. I know, I know what you mean by he races horses, but what I'm picturing is Eugene Mellick running beside a horse, <laughs> and that's infinitely more entertaining. I don't think he can run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna guess. Um. And he owns property and lives in Barbados. Oh. And is the most wealthy resident of Barbados. God, I'm the most wealthy resident of this house. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that's not that great? No, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm the most wealthy resident in this house, yeah. And uh, in case anyone wants to know, I live by myself. <laughs> He's worth about $1.2 billion. Jesus. And he won't even spend to the fucking cap? Cap. No. You have Eric Carlson on your team. How do you not? I don't know. I, ah! I know. It, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Anyway, um, so I, I've heard some things about all of this. And I've heard some things that, like, the predators are perhaps interested in Eric Carlson and I just want to think real hard about Eric Carlson and P.K. Subban playing on the same oh, team. Oh god, that'd be great. Um, but it was it was funny last night I was watching, I watched a little bit of the Oilers before the the uh, um, Olympic hockey game started and I was listening to the, the panel and fucking Nick Kiprios, he's clearly been hit in the head too, <laughs> too many, many times. times and too many times was like a hundred oh, years Nick. ago. Oh, um, and it's really interesting because they've very clearly been conditioned to not think about multiplayer traits. Yeah. They've been conditioned to think for like a guy for a pick and a prospect, mm -hmm. but these like seven player three team deals are just like unheard of. And like fucking baseball happens all the time. Oh, for sure. And baseball, they'll trade guys for like 
we'll, we'll trade like for a pitcher, let's say, right? So like the Yankees acquired was it, who did they get last year? Sonny Gray, maybe? Yeah, and they traded away like five guys and cash to get a pitcher. Mm-hmm. No big deal. It just happens all the time. Yeah, but they'll hockey, trade like half a roster just yeah. to get a thing. Or like in in like the Cavaliers, they were just like, well, oh this isn't God. working. <laughs> So, uh, Bye, everybody. I'm going to blow it up. <laughs> LeBron, you can stay. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was pretty much it. And they did it. And and, and they, Somehow, Kevin Love's still staying. Don't and they, know how. They made more changes to their roster in 45 minutes than NHL teams basically had all season long mm-hmm. up until about a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy to me. Happens all the time. There's, like, 34 trades on NBA trade deadline day. I know. And the NBA, like, does good good trading stuff. It's exciting and it's interesting. Whereas mm-hmm. the NHL trade deadline is tomorrow and all the stuff is happening today and yesterday. Because, and there's, of like, no big names. Rick Nash is not a big name. I'm sorry, Rick no. Nash. Um, but, like, and the other thing, like, with someone like Rick Nash, I mean, he was the number one draft pick? I think he was. Number one? Number three? I don't know. He was a very high draft pick. And so there's that cash day that goes with all of that. And I think that that helps to overvalue That's all bullshit, their though. contributions. Um, but like listening to that panel last night and they were just, it, they're just so like conditioned to not consider the multiplayer deal or the multi-team deal. Like mm-hmm. they just, they think that, well, why would you do that? That's impossible. Well, it's not impossible. Literally anything works. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make somebody retain 40% of someone's salary. That's fine. For a paper transaction. That's great. Do it. Cause you want to get ahead. What I find super bizarre too is how, um, that one trade was rejected. And I was like, I'm sorry, NHL. Trades can be rejected? Yeah. Um, Apparently it had to do with cap, like with actual salary cap issues, and then they sorted it. Oh That's boy. all it was. But what I still find funny about, obviously this is a Taylor Hall trade reference, but what I still find funny is that even now, because this happened all the time right after the trade, people will try to do the same trade on like NHL 18. And they're like, no. And it never goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, you're just like, what? Um, there's a feature on my TV right now. It's the Brian Boitano, and they're going to be Brian Oyster's going to be up real quick here, too. And on Friday night, Reba and I went to the symphony, and we went to Craft to have dinner before, and this was playing. And all we could think of was that song, like, what would Brian Boitano do? <laughs> we, like, couldn't, we couldn't. I don't know what you're referencing. Um, this was the year before I was born, Mike. I know. Well, this is, like, a big <laughs> thing. I vaguely remember it. Oh. Um, Brian Botano, he, he won the gold. He's yeah, he's American. He won the gold medal in the men's figure skating, and Brian Orser was the Canadian who won the oh, won the silver medal. Okay. And they were like, it was just like Brian versus Brian battle. That outfit though. You should. Well, wait till Brian Orser shows Oof. up. That's a good outfit. Yeah, Brian Orser's was not as good, but almost. Um, oh. It's very snazzy, very like military esque. Yes, very yeah. royal. Yeah. Very royal wedding, both of them. Look yeah. at that hair. Yeah. The Calgary Olympics, yeah. so like that was the Olympics of Jamaica's bobsled team and Eddie the Eagle and Elizabeth Manley, yeah, winning like, that and like coming out with her cowboy hat, like I that I remember. Like what a great yeah. classic Canadiana, yeah, shenanigans. That's a great outfit though too. Hey? Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. I I will say now with like the male figure skaters, I do appreciate that they tend to like not wear things like that anymore. That there there's like a oh, little no, bit. Oh no, I'm so into it. <laughs> so into it. I also did read tangential to this. I did read a long piece. I forget where it was from. Maybe the National Post. Ooh. It was about um, how in the mid '80s HIV went through uh, male figure skating. Yes, yeah, so was it about like Rob Wilson? 
Tracy Wilson, Rob McCall is his Rob name. McCall. Yeah, yes. I read that too. Oh, Did it, it make you cry? Yes, it was a beautifully written piece. Yeah. I, I read a piece about Brian Boitano and Brian Orchard too. I should send it to you. I think it was from McLean's. Um, and it was about the like the Battle of the Brines, and it was just absolutely fascinating. Yeah, and it's it's so interesting too how even at that time they're like there were so many people who were like in figure stating male or female and were gay. Yeah. And it was an open secret among the skaters. Yeah. But no one else could but it ever took until possibly know. Fucking twenty eighteen for an openly gay yeah. figure skater to win like to medal. Yes. It's bizarre. And there's two of them. It's bizarre. That are openly gay who won yeah. medals at this Olympics. Like yeah. it's crazy. It makes no sense. Um anyway, back to the hockey. I back don't know. to I don't know. But so the Oilers traded Mark Latestu away today. And they traded him to like Nashville and then to Columbus. And then to Columbus. And apparently he's building his off season home in Columbus, so I think that's where they want to stay, which is you know. fine. And I mean he's outlived his utility here, I think, for the most part. I don't think he was doing anything great. It's great on the shootout. Yeah. Shootout hero then. Mark Latestu. But even then, you know? Um And then they also traded away Brandon Davidson. And Ugh, you were upset. Be Davey. Uh, you were very upset yesterday. I was very upset. The, the text I got from Kelsey, um, <laughs> which I thought was really funny yesterday. It was she very was emotional. Like, what did she say here? I think it was all caps. Yeah, it was all caps, and there's <laughs> question marks, but also other punctuation in here because she was real mad. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, Oilers, are you stupid? And it's question mark, question mark, question mark, two commas, uh, 30 question marks, colon. money sign, three, <laughs> two question marks. And a bracket. <laughs> So there's some real real anger. Yeah. Um, but I would, I did point out that they picked him up off waivers this year. And so they didn't pay anything for him. And then they got something back. So like from a an asset management standpoint, which is a thing that we know the Oilers are terrible at, that's not a bad thing. But it's B. Davey. Oh, I would have traded Drake Kajula before I traded Brandon Davidson. Or Matt Benning before I traded Brandon Davidson. Yeah, 100%. Hey, what do I know? 100%. So I'm not the GM. Um... Anyway, uh, Pat Maroon is playing tonight. He's in the lineup. Um, I think they're still going to trade him. Yeah, there's... Because they told him also to pack heavy for this road trip. <laughs> yeah, like... That's what they told him? Yeah, and Latestu as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's interesting because at the beginning of the season, we were definitely talking about how the Oilers were going to try... I, I feel like we talked about this on the podcast, that the Oilers were going to try and like trade for James Neal when they were making their playoff yeah, push. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's clearly not happening. So, um... Yeah, no, they, that's apparently what they told the two of them was to pack pack some extra stuff, just in case. Yeah. <sighs> that's a weird reality, too. It is. Just knowing that, like, you're going to leave and you might, your home might be a hotel. For a while. For a while, once you, once you get to your new place. Although, like, for Pat, if he makes it to St. Louis, I'd be very happy for him. Be back with his kid. Yeah. Or even somewhere closer. Or even somewhere, like, Nashville Midwest. Or, yeah, somewhere that... that Wherever. Nashville doesn't need him. But, like, somewhere... Detroit. <laughs> I wouldn't wish Pat Maroon on the Red Wings. Um... I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish Pat Maroon on Henrik Zetterberg. Let's put it that way. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, so, there's gonna be some things happening, some big pieces... Um, Bob McKenzie is leaning towards Eric Carlson not getting traded before tomorrow. He thinks it'll happen in the off season rather than no. now. But he's not ruling it out. He's just he's mm-hmm. just saying that it, it's starting to look like with all the pieces that are probably going to be in play that uh, it might not happen. But apparently Nashville's interested, and um, which sure Nashville, wow. 
Uh, and also like, imagine well, they'd for sure take the cup. Would you like to? Do you know? Do you want to know who the the finalists for the GM of the Year award were last year? Peter Shirelli. Peter Shirelli. Ottawa's. Yup. And Nashville's, and David Poyle in Nashville. So yeah. Peter Duran and Peter Shirelli and David Poyle and the only why why and for the Peter only why one who's worked because he took a team that was fucking terrible because they couldn't score goals the year before. And they got 103 points because yeah, Cam Talbot him. played out of his mind. <laughs> Damn Calvert. <laughs> and 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 Connor McDavid didn't break his collarbone and played the whole season. Yeah. And Leon Dreisaitl scored almost a point a game. And there Oscar Clipbaum was a god. Yeah, and and a whole bunch of things. Ooh. And that had nothing to do with the GM. That was literally all luck. Mm, no. Uh, so the only one that was worth that uh, nomination was David Poyle. And if he lands Eric Carlson without having to give up, like, all of the things. Because if Ottawa wants to attach Bobby Ryan's contract to an Eric Carlson trade, that puts them in a position of weakness for negotiations. Because they're forcing a team to take the $7.5 million cap hit. Yeah. For Bobby fucking Ryan. (sighs) Anyway. Who's got money right now? Burning all the... Uh, New Jersey? Ray Shiro, man. Yep. He's a a genius. I'm okay with the Grabner thing. Uh, he's, uh, pretty good. That's going to be great. Playoff push. Yeah, I'll take it's it. It's a good move. Didn't give up much for him. Nope. I'll take it. Um, yeah, I've been enjoying that. I'll just I'll just watch that. I was so... Because if you're not aware, they retired Patrick Eliash's number yesterday. Yeah. In a very long ceremony. I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, you were like, oh my god, they're really like hyped. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but he was literally like one of their best offensive and players now of I get all it. time. Now I get it. Yeah. But, um, now where was I going? But I was just like, oh my god, if the Devils don't win I know. for Patty after this, this is going to be embarrassing. Yeah, and then they almost didn't. They almost didn't, but Kyle Palmieri, man. Hero, and hero, hero. Two points for, uh... Two points for a pal, TH. Yeah. But what I found super funny is I was trying to, like, figure out, because they had, like, all of the dudes from his championship team. I know, Jason Arnott was there, and it made my heart feel happy. I know, but then I was also like, who is that Stone Cold Fox in the front? And then afterwards, <laughs> during the intermission, I was like, oh, I have a thing for Niedermeyer. <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing these, like, Harry Potter circular sure, old bag glasses. Yes, and I was just like, wow, this really works for <laughs> Um, Scott Niedermeyer yeah. has, when he was still playing, he used to have a great beard. Very, like, salt really? and peppery. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to Google that later. It's real good. That's funny. He his was always one of my favorite playoff beards. Um, but then especially when it had the gray in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah, no, I, I was, uh, very excited that the Devils won that. But they have money. They could probably do it. Yeah. Wyshynski proposed something on Puck Soup this week that was a little It was, like, uh, Brat and... Uh, I think Severson and a pick for Carlson and Bobby Ryan. Yeah, no way. Although, but again, the whole idea of taking that cap hit off of... You have to send Kincaid and Appleby over for no, that. No, but I, I think the idea of taking that cap hit off of Ottawa's hands... Would be enough of a release. Puts puts the team that wants... Carlson. Carlson. And we need Carlson, in an, oh boy. At an advantage. Yeah. Because it, it you know, that's what, that's what Malik wants, that's what Duran wants, so, you know, anyway. Um, we'll see what happens tomorrow. My prediction is Pat Maroon will not be an oiler uh, by the end of the day tomorrow. I have no problems with Pat. I don't really either, but I think that he, I think that they'd be better off to trade him. 
And do I think he's the weakest link on the team? Absolutely not. No, but he's got some value, and he's on a value deal right now. Mm-hmm. He's getting paid next to nothing because Anaheim's still picking up. I know, which salary. is so funny. Um, and so I think if they trade him, that's probably the best they're going to be able to do. And Nuge being hurt still means they can't trade him, so that's a bonus for everybody. Because <laughs> then we get Mark Stahl in return. I'm still waiting for that to happen, and if it does, I'm just going to buy a lottery ticket every day, like every week for the rest of my life. Because eventually I will win. Also, I'm going to put it out here. Oh, I told God. Kelsey this. If Milan Lucic doesn't score another point this season, I have to. I told someone that I would do it, and I'll do it. I have to get a big, dumb rocket tattooed on me somewhere. Um, because I went to the game on Thursday night, and he's just a big, dumb rocket. Uh, yeah. It's painful. And by rocket, I mean, like, not a rocket at all. In any way, shape, or form. No. He's a potato on skates. <laughs> We've said this before. Sentient brick? No, it's too kind to bricks. Oh, and sentience. <laughs> um, uh, wow. Okay, what uh, kind of things do you like? Okay, I've read and watched a lot of stuff lately. So you know that movie that's coming out, Annihilation? Yep. I read the book, and the book is incredible. Okay. It's written all in first person, and if you're not aware, it's that movie that sci-fi movie that's coming out with Natalie Portman in it about how there's this like shimmering dome that's just appeared in the wilderness and it's up to this team of female scientists to go in and and survey what's happening because they keep sending survey teams in. Oh, time out. What? Today was the Jersey retirement for Taylor Hall with Windsor. Yes. And there's like things on the Twitter right now. I'm just seeing from Amanda. Amanda Oh, she's... Yeah. Oh. It was at like two... There was a sellout crowd. He gave like a big speech apparently. His parents were there. Are there photos of, of Cam? There's... I'll, I'll look. Okay. talking about annihilation. Um, oh, God, what did I say? Now I'm all distracted. There's That's a dome, shimmering dome. Shimmering dome, and they keep sending scientists in to um, um, figure out what the heck is happening in it. But the really cool thing about the book is that you have this... In all the books I've read, probably the most unreliable narrator ever. Because she's, like, affected by this thing immediately. And they all know that they're going to be affected by it. And there's all these, like, weird procedures that they have to follow. And there's a um, psychologist who is actually hypnotizing them to do certain jobs. Because they can't be trusted to make decisions on their... Like, it's very fucked up. Okay. And I had insane dreams about it that night where I finished reading it. The night where our um, fire alarms went off at 3.30 in the morning for an hour. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. then I finished the book before I went back to sleep. And just just really, really affected me mentally. I do recommend the book. Apparently it's the first in a number of books. Okay. So I'm interested in reading books two, three, and four. Um, or two and three. I don't know how many there are. But I was like, okay, this is cool, because I thought the idea of the movie. So I was like, okay, well, what's the plot of the film? Is it close? And very disappointingly, it's so different. Really? Even the ending is different. Oh. I was just like, ugh. Because I was like, this could be an amazing movie, because it's all, it's all in your head. Like, you actually don't know what's real and what's not real. Okay. And neither does the character. But then they made it into, like, monsters. 
Oh, that's unfortunate. Ugh, I was really disappointed about that. So I don't know if I'll see the movie. But I did watch Three Billboards. Okay. Have you seen it yet? I have not, but I probably won't. Okay. I really didn't like it. That's the sense that I get from a lot of people. And then there's someone at work who watched it and our tasted movies are like entirely opposite. And they really liked it. Really liked it. And I was like, yeah, probably not going to watch it then. And, and now that you've said that, I feel like yeah, I feel like my 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 judging of the book by its cover was accurate. Yeah, well, and and I know Librarian Mike really liked the movie, but there were just so many weird things about it. Tonally, could not understand. Okay, the tone of the movie whatsoever. Sometimes it was like so disgustingly dark, and then other times it tried to like be physical humor. It made mm. no sense. Okay. And then the character, like Sam Rockwell, he's this awful, awful, racist, sexist piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And just one letter from his dead boss makes him into a saint. Oh. And I was like, I didn't believe any of that. I mean, Sam Rockwell, I like Sam Rockwell. Love Sam lot. Rockwell. And so he he clearly played the character... I think this was just real yeah. bad. And so, so how do movies like that get? Well, it was written and directed by the same dude. So I think, in those situations, they just get like so in love with their art, or so like insular to what their art mm-hmm. is, that you. I don't know. Sometimes you just need an outsider's perspective. It's just like, oof, I could have cut like a good ten minutes out of that movie. Because I've heard from people that they could have cut a good however long the runtime is out of that movie and it would have been better. Yeah. Like, just really bad. Well, the premise of it is really interesting. Yeah. Like, it's about this woman whose daughter is, is raped and murdered and she's in a small town and she's not getting any answers about who killed her daughter. Mm-hmm. And so in this act of defiance, she puts up $5,000 to buy three billboards for a year right yeah. where her daughter was was killed to demand answers. Mm-hmm. And that's a very intriguing premise. Yeah, yeah. And the cast is full of interesting people. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work. Just didn't work for me. Interesting. It was really disappointing. That is that is kind of disappointing. I agree. Mm-hmm. I haven't done anything useful or watched or read anything useful at all. No, I'm still trying to make it through uh, The Bone Tree. That's a tough one. I'm like 150 pages in. Because that's the second one, right? Yeah. And then there's another one. I know. The third one's really good. I want that miniseries. Yes, that would be an incredible Holy miniseries. Holy shit, I want it bad. It would be tough, though, because of the time. It's like nine years between one and two. Yeah. It's doable. It's doable, I guess, but... Um, no, I would love, love, love that miniseries. Who would you cast as Pen Cage? I don't know. Well, that's your question you have to answer. I don't know, because I, I feel the same way about that that I felt about, like, casting Jamie Fraser. Like, I didn't have an answer, because I, I don't know if that person exists. Like, oh, we need an unknown? Kind of. I think so. Because he doesn't strike me as, like, he doesn't strike me as, like, a, you know, like a leading man, kind of, you know, the way that he described. Mm. Um, so he doesn't strike me that way. So I feel like you have to kind of have somebody who's not... Not known? Or not a big name? Or is a big name, but is still, like, I guess, believable? Like, do you know what I mean? I don't know. Because he has to be able to 
because when the, the series all opens, like, he's just grieving the loss of his wife and he's got this daughter. So it's got to be somebody that you can believe is, like, the father. Yeah. But who's also a lawyer. Like, there's a whole bunch of... I could believe Oscar Isaac in that. I don't think he's big enough. You don't think he's big enough? No, I feel like... I feel like I feel like Penn is like a, an imposing figure somehow. Mm. You know, like he's not. I don't feel like he's a small man. Hmm. Interesting. Because I don't know. I have to think about that for a while. Mm-hmm. But he also, in a way, has to be like classically attractive. Like not like attractive, like super hot, but like, you know, he can't have like a, a distinctive face in that respect. He like, can't. No, to me, like that's just sort of the way. Like he's he comes across like clean cut all-american mm-hmm. right and so there's like that image well he eventually becomes a mayor of a goddamn yeah. town so yeah so i feel like yeah but yeah i that miniseries i would i would love it megan let's write it on spec and it would be like an fx it would be like on fx or something oh like for that. sure so it would have to be because it would have to be a hard r yeah yeah it's like sons of anarchy kind of mm-hmm. yeah that'd be so good it would be like i think it would be really great it would I really like the books. It's just there's so much... Sometimes, you know, when you're reading a book and a character just tries to, like, educate you on what they know. Mm-hmm. Just, like, this is the author telling me that they're super smart right now and you could cut out this paragraph because I don't care what this character thinks about history. Yeah. Or the order of events in which they happen. I'm just yeah. like, ugh. Yeah. As, as I've learned from you, I don't need to read all the words. You don't need to read all the words. <laughs> you can skip all the little ones because they don't matter. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, I, well, I'm, no, I'm glad you're reading it. Uh, and then, I don't know, I have the third one. Or did I give you the third one? I can't remember. No, I had the first one, mm-hmm. and I read the first one when I was in Jamaica, and I yeah. gave that one back to you. Yeah. And I have the second one. I also have, like, three other books from you, like, Tender as a Night, and... I know. Um, There's holes on my bookshelf, I know. Ghost at a Watchman, and yeah. I know what's missing. <laughs> it's all good. Uh. <laughs> And I don't, I don't loan out books often, so I, there's, like, two people that ever have borrowed books from me, mm-hmm. like, at, at once. I can't do any more than that, and so, like, I know who's got what, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, no, it'll take me a while. It's all good. Um, no, I haven't like, been reading or watching anything, like, super interesting. Because you've just been all Olympics all, all the Olympics. time. Well, I finally, like, finished a piece of writing and submitted it to the CBC Nonfiction Prize contest. <gasps> cool. And the deadline is, like, this coming Wednesday, and so I did it on Friday to make sure that it was, like, in. That's amazing. I, like, I don't want to fuck this up. And the prize, <laughs> the prize, just like a broom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, figure skating is crazy. Whoa, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, figure skating is nuts. Oh my god. Um, oh, we should have done a live watch of like Tessa and Scott and recorded it. We can. They're gonna. They're coming up later in this. Oh shit. Talk. It's it's like their their gala performance, but we can absolutely do it. Okay. Okay, and we'll like put a link to the video. Perfect. So people can watch it. Um, no, I, so I, the prize for this is $6,000 plus a 10 day, uh, writer's residence at the BAMP Center. <gasps> yeah. Cool. So that would be super sweet. But at the same time, like whatever, I read, I read one that won a couple years ago. Sometimes they're not very good. I know. And that was my thought, this one that won in like 2016. And this sounds like a really shitty thing to say, but I was like, I could have written something better than that. Um, so we'll see. Like, literally the worst thing that happens is it doesn't win. Yeah. So who cares? But still, it's submitting it and... Yeah. That's a cool practice. I had done in that same vein with my students. We read a whole bunch of the personal essays from the Globe and Mail. I forget what their se- series is called. Yeah. 
I know what you mean. That Whatever it's called. Stuff. And even those, I was just like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Like, these are just casual people. Mm-hmm. If I actually wrote Spider-Man theme by Michael Bublé, what? <laughs> I love that what? the figure skating commentary is coloring our... <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying before. I don't know. That <laughs> um, so you read some bad personal essays in the Globe and Mail. Yeah, and I was just like, this is what can get published, hey? <laughs> like... <laughs> Just made it. I know. Oh, I feel bad. But then, that. but then, no, I don't because. But then you read something else, right? And so in, in at school, um, with my grade twelves, we are just finishing a short story unit, and we read um the old wallpaper by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. Yeah. Which I don't love, but it was super fun to read with them because it's a really hard story. I forget the yellow paper wallpaper. Is that the one about abortion? Yeah, where, where, where the woman, like, she's like it's, she's suffering from postpartum or whatever, and she's, uh, like, stuck in the room and the wallpaper's alive, and she thinks there's a woman behind the wallpaper, but really it's her. It's very fun. Um, I don't remember It's that. crazy. And there, and so what I used it for was to get my kids to pick out details, because it's dash two, right? So, like, I wasn't getting going to get them to write about it necessarily. But can you pick out details and can you piece together, you the know, narrative, yeah. the, the narrative in this, like, non-linear narrative, ultimately? Um, and then we did some stories by Tim O'Brien and he is a phenomenal author. Um, but there's some passages of the stuff that he's written, which are just like, they're just magnificent. Okay. You know, like they're just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I just, I read them and, th- and then it makes me never want to write again because I'm like, I'll never do that. Yeah. But then I read other stuff that like you say gets published and I'm like, uh. No 15 year olds who could do better than this Yeah like I truly know students who could make a better Personal metaphor about this situation It's just like Oh I just (laughs) (laughs) Oh the figure skating is so fucking great It really is It's so great I enjoy that it's an Olympic sport And there's this like competition aspect to it But they're also like doing a performance at the end They had to spend time like coming up with a program for it Yeah To like you know skate to I don't understand why his is just cubes. I don't know. Cube lights. Maybe he's trapped. Ooh. I don't know. What a metaphor. Um, but yeah, so I did that this week, so I submitted that, so that's interesting. And I have a student teacher right now, um, and she's going to be taking over kind of most of my English classes on Wednesday, starting with some poetry right before teacher's convention, and then they're kind of hers mm-hmm. for like seven weeks. That's amazing. Um, so I have some plans. During that time, while she's teaching, like, obviously I'll be there and, you know, we'll do marking and stuff together, but, like, while she's teaching, I don't need to be in the room all the time. Mm -hmm. So I have some plans for some things that I want to do, like, in terms of new resources and whatever. Creating some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll have some time for that. That's cool. But yeah, in terms of other stuff, I don't know. I've read, like, a bunch of books, but nothing's, like, really stood out Mm. for me in the last little while. Um, I did just buy... What did I buy? what it was what's the guy who wrote the remains of the day don't know he's, Jap- he's like a British Japanese author anyway I bought his new book called Never Let You Go or Never Let Me Go or whatever is that the one about vampires no remains of the day oh is that the one about the Kazu Ishiguro yeah 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 and it's no remains of the day is about like high society yeah, but isn't Never Let Me Go, isn't that the one, the Andrew Garfield yes. film? So, I'm... About, like, the student doctors? I haven't I haven't started reading it, so I don't know. So that's, like, my next. Because I have a bunch, I just, I was at the bookstore for an, another reason, and I was looking for something for someone else, and I picked it up. 
Um, but I have a bunch of books that I haven't yet read. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I should just read those. I know you're cheating them. on your books. I am cheating on my books. Which I find super funny because why did I buy those books? Like <laughs> I know, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I've got 15 of them. I know, it's nuts. And at the time I was just like, ooh, yeah, this looks good. And then I just, they just sit there. I know. Like abandoned children. I know. I need an orphanage for books. I, part of me wants to, like... Read. I guess it's a library. <laughs> <laughs> part of me... <laughs> part of me wants to take all the books of mine that I haven't yet read. Like, it's not a ton. But I would say probably, it's probably, like, 10% of what I own. I haven't oh, for sure. finished. Yeah. Or whatever. And take them all and put them in a shelf. And then I can only A shelf pull of off. shame? Well, no, but then I can only pull off of that shelf to read. Yeah. And I can't. Yeah. I can't go into, like, the stuff that I've already read. Yeah. Um... I mean, and not with the nonfiction stuff, because some of them I've used particular parts, or some of them are, like, textbooks. Yeah, you have some stuff. very thick books over there that kind of scare me, because they remind me of university, and that makes me want to barf. Um, yeah, the yeah, like, the bottom shelf of that bookshelf over there, uh, half-ish of those are textbooks, and the other half are, like, things that I bought out of interest. Yeah. Like, that Europe, a history one? Yeah, that looks good. Half. Is there good pictures? There are some, yes. There are some. There are some very good pictures. The one about the history of the English speaking peoples is fascinating. Ooh, that would be fascinating. Yeah, it's really, really. It's only since nineteen hundred. But it, that's why it's interesting, is because uh. it deals with like the colonial, and then the, like the the sort of moving away from the 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 colonizing part of colonialism and the like ruling part of colonialism, oh. and then into the decolonization. It's fun. It's interesting. Oh, very cool. Um, yeah, no, I have a lot of books. and so, But the fiction books are the ones that I just don't read. Yeah. Or I'll, if I'm bored, like, when I'm, when I'm, like, before I go to bed or whatever, I'll read something. But I can't read anything that's, like, super involved because then I'll stay awake till three reading it. Yeah. So I tend to read, like, John Grisham books and things like that, which are fine. Yeah. But that doesn't help the other books get read. I know. So at some point in time. Someday. Someday, Someday. I won't have seven books on the go. Oof. I also hope that day never comes, though. Yeah, no kidding. Actually, what I would like is a time where I could just read books for a living. Yeah, I know. If I could be like a, a New York Times book reviewer, oh my lord. Okay, so we had a little bit of chaos. Um, Kelsey's husband had a question, and I pressed pause or whatever. I stopped the recording, and then my computer like gave me the blue screen of death, and I was like, oh, fuck. I almost cried. Um, but we're good. We're back. We saved what we had, and everything's fine. And we're watching, as we were saying, this, like, figure skating gala. And so we're going to do, we get a special treat. Yeah. We're going to do a little live commentary of some ice dancing. Of, of Tessa and Scott. So we're going to start with Moulin Rouge. The, yeah, their free dance performance, which was fucking incredible. It was. And then we'll see the gala performance yes. after that. The tragically hip one, right? Yeah. So you might okay. be able to hear a little bit of music or whatever in the background. And quite honestly, we don't care. No, you should. This I think will you should. be approximately the 90th time I've watched this. Oh, okay. It's so good. I've only seen it the once. And um, I cried. Me too. Cried. When it was when they were done, holy shit. Um, so yeah, well, so we're gonna do that. So that's gonna be like about ten minutes worth of whatever, and then we'll do some questions. Yeah, because we have a lot. I know. I'm excited. Um, okay, I'm gonna unmute, unmute, and then I think I'm you should crank it. it too, a little bit at least. Yes, let's take a look back at oh, the pre Like, even, like, just look at her. Just the way they get set. Yes. It's all attitude. 
This yeah, first move oh, made me so blow my fucking Did you see Leslie Jones's mind. uh tweet? Yes. Oh my god, she's so funny. Ah! Like imagine if he's not in the right spot. I know. Right? How do they do this? Well, 10,000 hours, right? Yeah, I guess so. Oh god. And just like their intensity is just unbelievable to me. And, like, I don't think Scott gets enough credit for how of an incredible dancer he is. No, he really doesn't. Like, she posts every once in a while on her Instagram, like, videos of them dancing with their yeah. choreographer. And, like, he's really good. He's so good. But he comes across as this, like, doofy little country boy. Absolutely. Um, which I think he likes just fine. But, like, all oh, those twizzles. <laughs> oh, the timing! I know. It's so good. And that's the thing, the difference between them... And the French couple, I thought, yeah. is that their music is, like, their program is, like, set to the music. Whereas the French couple, if they, like, missed a step, they could make it up and you wouldn't tell. notice it. Yeah. But on that first sequence, if they were, like, out of time, you would have noticed. Yeah. How many times do you think they've done this? Oh, I don't know. But I know since, like, Nationals, they've tweaked it and changed things. Well, because isn't this one, like, the less sexy version? No, this is this the is more the sexy. This is the full sexy yeah. version. Okay, so I haven't actually seen this version. Okay. You'll know, you'll notice the difference. And apparently the lift, the, like, the more sexy lift, scored higher points than of the less sexy lift. Of course it did. Because even the judges are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> God. They're just like... Mm. And the dress is perfect. Yeah. It is. And she said, I've seen her in three ones for this, like, this program. This program? Yeah. Because they had a different one for the team one. It had more flowers and, like, blue and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And then the one at Nationals was just, there was no, like, mesh at the top. It was just, like, solid. Oh, God. <laughs> she did a backflip. Yeah, into his arms. Into his arms. And then legs around his head. Oh, my God. And just, I don't. And then she died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was killed by a backflip. Yeah. This part of the program, I was quite bored. It's very nice. Yeah. My favorite, one of my favorite things about it is like, he sings along. I know. And it's adorable. He sings it. We were saying before we hit record, and that we really just want them to be in love with each other. Oh, the hands on the face. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. They're really good. They're incredible. Like, I just, how do you have the presence of mind to sing the song as you're doing the thing? Oh, I know. I'm trying really hard not to sing it right now, because this <laughs> is one of my favorite movies, and I don't embarrass myself. I do not love Moulin Rouge, but I like this part. Oh, it's gorgeous. I love you and McGregor. I know. And they're so good. And you can hear the unison on that, right? Yeah. Like when they're carving up the edge like that. Oh, here it is. Oh. God, that's beautiful. And then she just jumps off. Oh, I know. Like, it's just, I, I don't know. Oh. They're remarkable. But, like, they added this little bit where his hands go up at the end, so since, um, 
Skate Canada because I watched that too. Like just that there? little part. Yeah, they they had it different before. I want to know what uh. he yells. Like this, like this is why I, I think their reactions are my Should favorite be parts. Because they're just like, holy fuck. Yeah. Because that was perfection. Yeah. He's yeah. like, yes! Oh, he's so yes! intense. He's so intense. Oh, and the clutch around the oh, back of the neck. Okay, here's their gala performance. I have not seen this. It's very different. Very, totally very different. It's to the tragically hit. Um, long time running. Oh. And it's he, less sexy than I want it to be. Um, because he's like a really big hit fan. Is he? Yeah. Much less pizzazz on this outfit, Scott. Just like a, a good old black jumper. Yeah. I just like how they get set and how they get into things. Um, and I really want to know what he says to her right here, but I can't. I can't read lips. I'm really bad at it. Oh, what does he say? <laughs> oh. Oh, I wish I knew. I know. I have many questions. I love these, like, lights. I love the blackness around yeah. them. Erin and I bought tickets for Stars on Ice when I come through in May. Are they in it? I Probably. But the tickets are like 45 bucks, so if they're not, whatever. Whoa, that was crazy. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. They're so Just once, I want... Like, even something oh. like that, just that, like, you know, like, pulling her into that lift? Yeah. That's crazy. Just once, I want, like, Scott to be thrown. <laughs> <laughs> just for, just for funsies. This is good, too. Oh, just no big deal. No, and they make it look so easy, but, like, the strength to do something like oh, that? Oh, just... I know, and her body is incredible. Like, look at her delts. Oh, I know. Like, they're so strong. Yeah. But not, like, big. No. Because she still has that, like, figure skater physique. Yeah. That. It's very lithe. Um. But I'm, like, the cross-country skiers that I noticed are just, like, fucking shredded. Yeah. They've uh, just got big old buns. Yeah. Big old buns. I'll show you a picture of what I was, like. Of was course. Yeah. Their classic move. Yeah. But watch her step out of it. Just, like, no big deal. Just like whatever. Onto skates. Yeah, and still moving. Yes. Like, imagine being as good at one thing as they are at all of these things. Uh, like, if I tried that, I would hit the picks in front of the skate and fucking break okay, my nose. Okay, here's on my ice. question: Could you stand on Chris's leg like that in shoes? One hundred percent, I could do that. And and but still, like, step off with like crossing your foot over and not falling over. I actually think that I could do that yeah. regularly. Okay. Me and Chris like to do, like, weirdo, like, acrobatic yoga every once in a while. Like, you know, like, the weird, like, yeah, holds yeah. and the partnered yeah. stuff. And, like, we, we both have really strong cores, so I think I could. Could I do that moving? Absolutely not. No. Could I do that in time to music? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> could I do that in skates? God. Absolutely not. The way that, like, when she stands on those legs and then she has to, like, jump off into the release is, like, insane. And it's so 
So sophisticated. Ugh. They're so good. I love them so much. So really beautiful, beautiful pair of stars on this. And she's going to McGill, right? Uh, she was. I don't think she's anymore. Oh. Maybe she is. I don't know if she, she's still finishing up. Oh my god, those eyes. I know. Hey, camera, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> I was joking around with the guys at work last week when the, after the, like, the team competition. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about the ice sensing as if they were, like, watching it, you know, for, like, patriotic purposes. And I was like, gentlemen, it's okay. I was like. You could watch it for sex-related purposes. I was purposes. like, I can look at that thumb. Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> Um, okay. I, and I was just like, I was like, you can admit that you would let her walk all over you wearing skates because I would. hundred so Just like Kate Blanchett and Don't, Thor. don't even worry about it. Don't even um, worry. Okay, well that was lovely. Okay, so we're done with our live commentary of... Oh boy. Of the the unasked for live commentary. Yeah, well, whatever. Um, so we have a lot of questions. I have a few as well that were texted to me. Okay. Um. Let's start with yours. Okay, Larissa sent me one. Um... Um, so she said if it, since it's a trade deadline, can you talk about the types of trade you, trades you'd make as the GM of the Oilers? Adam Lesher for Taylor Hall one for one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think like, his Taylor's. <laughs> he's happy and he's free and I'd just leave him Yes, there. but if he was to come back, it would have to be a bundle with Larson and Lucic. Oh my god, and Chris Russell. <laughs> Chris <laughs> there you go. Oh, Chris Russell. Yes. Adam Larson. Yes. To Ottawa. For Carlson. For Eric Carlson and Bobby Ryan's contract. Yeah, I'd take it. Yeah. N- nobody else would. That's a terrible How deal for is... everybody involved. <laughs> but. <laughs> um, How long is Carlson's. He, I think he's not. He doesn't hit free agency until next season. So he's still on a, on a value contract right now. Oh, yeah. That's I thought the, he had signed a long one. That well, he did. He signed because he's just that little bit older. Yeah. Oh, right. So he he's signed. So he had, he did the bridge deal. He did the bridge deal, and then the the extended. Oh, and there's like just more Tessan Scott on the television. What I love about them, ignoring this trade thing, what I love about them is like every year you get those. <laughs> his face is so amazing. Every year you get those like. Incredible screenshot yeah. photographs of skaters with just like insane faces, yeah. but theirs are so calm for the most part and yeah. expressive, like to the dance. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, they're very, very good. Um. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So no, I no that'd be a bad deal for everybody, but I think that's the reason. I think honestly, like I, Carlson is not a free agent until, um, until next, until next season, and so. Because he signed a bridge deal before he signed. That's the deal. He signed, mm-hmm. like, his RFA deal. And that's why it's different, ultimately. Um, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't make any trades. I went out for uh, I went out for dinner on Wednesday night with some, like, super nerdy hockey Twitter people. Um, and uh, we were talking about how, as the GM of the Edmonton Oilers, um, if I had been the GM of the Edmonton Oilers when they won the Conor McDavid lottery, I literally would have done nothing. Uh-huh. I would have drafted Conor McDavid and been like, okay, cool. Yeah. We'll see what happens. And then try and figure out the defense thing without mm-hmm. Griffin Reinhardt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Uh, second question from Larissa. If you were living the life 
slash job you thought you'd have back when you were five, what would it be? And she says she'd be a paleontologist slash firefighter who ordered and ate a lot of pizza. She says, at least I've got one of those things going. So she's a firefighter or a paleontologist? She eats a lot of pizza. <laughs> I would be an astronaut. Oh, that I think... That was always my dream. I really always wanted to be, like, a musician, but just didn't have the commitment. <laughs> Megan. My light's on a timer. It's all good. That was so scary. Um, yeah, I'd be an astronaut. Astronaut? That was, like, always what I wanted. And then I yeah. got to grade three and couldn't do fractions. I was like, well, that's the end of that. I know. I did super have a fascination with space, too, so that would have been cool. <sighs> oh, no. What I super loved was marine biology. Okay. Like, I always wanted you to save wanted the whales. You just wanted to, like, save the dolphins and stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. I super do. Okay. I super do. I also have one from Malcolm. Um, he says, if you lived in a world where you could pick financially any university, which one in Canada would you go to? Question one. And uh, a university anywhere in the world. Uh, in Canada, I'd go to McGill. Yeah, for sure. Um, and because the financial thing is big, because if you're from out of province, it's really expensive. Yeah. Anywhere in the world? Well, I don't know. I went to school in Dublin. That was pretty great. Yeah. That was kind of Would you dream. go back? Oh, yeah. Um, I think... If, I don't know if you'd want to go to, like, Cambridge or Oxford, because I think it would be that, like, I think maybe old Columbia. boys club. I think maybe Columbia. Columbia would be the one that I would want to go to. Stanford. It's in California. Yeah. I feel like NYU would be maybe cool. NYU. Brown in Rhode Island. Brown. A little bit smaller. Yeah. But super expensive. It's like... Yeah. Because when I was looking at grad programs, I looked at a grad program at Brown. It was a one-year... Uh, history master's in history for teachers mm -hmm. and the tuition was 46,000 US dollars what and my tuition in Dublin worked out to like 18,000 Canadian dollars oh boy yeah so 46,000 US dollars uh, I basically paid that for tuition and all of my living expenses and travel God, so it made insane. more sense that way yeah Ugh. I feel like I'd want to go somewhere in Europe I think that would be really cool yeah like an institution that's like 600 years old that'd be super cool yeah well yeah so like oxford or cambridge yeah, or i'm sure there's ones in like france or france and spain I'd, maybe i'd go to france yeah that'd be kind of cool that'd be all right i don't know Ooh, that's it for my questions okay so i've got a bunch okay are so we doing the twitter ones last yes okay okay I'm not going to ask all of these questions, but this is some sportsy ones, but they're not super sportsy. Mm -hmm. Top uh, team logos. Like, let's say, I don't know, top three. Top three? I really like the Maple Leaf. I think it's a gorgeous logo. Mm -hmm. um, I really like the Red Wing. Mm -hmm. I think it's very cool. Mm -hmm. And controversially, I really like the Philly Flyers. Do you? I do. Do you have any any non hockey ones? Oh, I thought we were just no, doing it hockey. Um, non hockey ones. I at the NBA All Star game, they were all wearing third jerseys. Yeah. Fuck, they were cool. Really? Like the Miami ones were these like Miami Vice neon blue and pink. Oh, cool. They looked amazing, and Utah's was this like ombre sunset oh nice oh it was beautiful i really liked all their third jerseys um i'm trying to think of one 
I'm a big fan. Um, I actually really like the LA Rams logo. Mm-hmm. Just like the, I think it's cool. Um, I like the Packers logo, obviously, but I also, mean, also like the Georgia Bulldogs because I just like that stylized G. Mm-hmm. Like it's because it's just enough that it's not a regular yeah. letter. Hot um, things. The winged wheel is good. I think it's good. I love the Habs logo. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Um, and I kind of like the Leafs mm-hmm. as well. They're, they're like, they're, they're simple and they're clean and they're classic. Yes. And I super love the Avalanche third jerseys that like they don't the... use anymore with like the mountain, the old like, yeah, yeah I love them. Cause I saw, I was at the game on Thursday night when they were playing Colorado and so there I saw some people wearing them and I was like, oh yeah, those. And like with the, the navy blue and the maroon. Yes. Oh, they're nice. They were nice. I like that color scheme for sure. Um, what about like worst logos? Any sport. <sighs> I'm also Pelicans. While you're thinking there, I was also thinking that baseball, for the most part, exception of like the Indians and the Braves and whatever, I particularly like baseball logos because they're generally just typeface. Yeah. And so you can just look and you know. Like the Jays. Like I like the Yankees. Yeah. One and I like you know I don't I don't like the Mets mm-hmm. as much, but like you can just see it, and it's mostly just typeface. Yeah, that's I cool. Like that. That is cool. Um, yeah, worst ones. Pelicans are bad. Um. The Minnesota Wild is bad. Yeah. I don't really like the Hurricanes. Florida's not good. No. Super like Vegas. Super it's like cool. Vegas. It's very cool. Yeah, it's very like minimalist. Yeah. And there's not a lot of like very sort of military or like soldiery logos in no. the United States. No. Or not the United States, the NHL. No, there really isn't for the most part. <sighs> Calgary's is real bad. The Flaming Sea. Yeesh. I prefer the Flaming Sea to the horse. Yeah, the horse is worse. That's yeah. true. Mm, Oilers is not good. That's no, kind of dumb. Uh, it was definitely designed in the 70s. Oh, 100%. I also per- don't particularly like the Indiana Pacers. It's yeah. also very, like, dated. I do like the Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks, not the Black Hawks. <laughs> they have a cool... It's almost like a swoosh. Okay. It looks very neat. Mm. Um, and whatever that Utah third jersey is, man, it's gorgeous. Um, in football, I would say that my least favorite... I don't even know. Probably the Redskins, just on principle. Ugh, yes. Yeah. I, I, and the Patriots logo is dumb, too. I don't like it. Everything about the Patriots is dumb. Especially dumb Tom Brady. Um, what's more likely before 2024? 2024, okay. Trump impeachment or the Oilers win the Stanley Cup? Oh, Trump impeachment, 100%. Okay. You're saying the same? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, favorite album cover? Oh. That's a really good question. I don't know if I know. Mm. Um... I don't know, like Adele. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. One of my favorites is Creature by Moist. That's like one of my favorite albums of all time. Mm-hmm. A great band. Particularly terrible like, band name. Yeah, I Ugh. particularly like that that album cover. Um, I don't know. I'm bad at thinking about those things. I don't really. I don't pay attention to. Pay that. attention to that. No. no, I'm sure people who buy albums do, but. I don't, in the digital age, I don't think it really matters anymore. Um, this is a question 
Did you see the movie Trainwreck? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. Because this is the, the thing here. All the guys I know love it, but I've never met a girl who found it funny. I thought it was super funny. Um, I didn't, but I also don't like Amy Schumer, so I had a really hard time with her. I... I liked everything but her, which is the same way that I feel about like the Mindy Project. I like everything but Mindy and the Mindy Project. I appreciate Mindy. I think she's funny. Um, no, I super liked it. Yeah. not a fan. Um, so is there a movie that you had really high hopes for and it let you down? Oh, boy, Avatar? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's a really good one. Yeah. Because it should have been way better than it was. Oh, it was just bad. It was awful. It was so bad. Like, James Cameron should be embarrassed by that. Yeah. Like, it, classic overindulgence. More. Oh, boy. I don't know why. It wasn't a good story. It's just Pocahontas. It was a wonderful story. Yeah, but it wasn't Pocahontas. No. Um, or is there a movie that everybody loves? That you're just like, mm, no. No, Star Wars for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's yours? That was real easy. Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> that was real easy for both of us. I don't know, like, oh, boy. Other things that I don't agree with. Like, I don't like the Fast and Furious movies. I don't think that... I don't think that they're, like, all that beloved, but I think they're, they're very niche. I think they're incredibly beloved, Megan. They're a very niche sort of thing, though, at this point. Mm, disagree. Based on the box office? But people just, yeah, but now people just want to go watch it blow up. Like, that's sort of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they're, I don't know that people are, they're, people are not going to the movies. I love them, and I'm not going to them because I think they're going to be great. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're going because they're going to be entertained. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean... That you love it. God, I'm so highbrow. I need to be more than entertained. That's... I'm going to have to think about that personally, what that means for me. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Um, there's that. So what else do we have? Here's a really interesting question, mm-hmm. which I think we're going to have to address next week. Because I think it's going to turn into... A whole discussion? A whole big thing. The question originally was, what song do you think encapsulates the 90s the best? Oh, shit. And then we got into it. This is just a text with a friend, and, and we got into it, and then I was like, well, okay. The, the, his answer was 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay. But then I was like, yeah, that album's good. But what about, like, Closing Time by Semisonic? Because there's, like, there's certain sort of... Touchstones right? about it. And then yeah. we got talking about, yeah, but then what about pop songs and country songs? There's a big, like, country what renaissance. What about Shania? So, yeah. So we'll, t- we'll do this next week. We'll okay. make lists. Okay. We'll, like, we'll, we'll make he, a list. He gave me some themes. Okay. So, like, one-hit wonders, self-promoting pop bands, what country. Like, like, pop bands that sort of show up to, like, and their songs are, like, about themselves. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that, like, like, like the Backstreet Boys and then the, Oh, like, like Backstreet's back. And stuff like that. Um, country can be cool. Girls are people, too. <laughs> like Alanis? Uh, or like Joan Osborne. Do you remember that song, One of Us? Oh, like... Yeah. I love that song. Love it. Just a slump. Yeah. Um, okay, loner it. Rock. Edgy without edge rock. Hip hop is for everyone. Um, songs about the fans. And then the other theme is... Also, you, you may have forgotten about Santana, but Santana hasn't forgotten you. Um, so I like all these questions I thought were great. Um, and then his last question was, what, um, what order should I show my little boy the Star Wars films in? And no I'm gonna, order. I'm going to do the Wyshynski thing and say, like, take out the good parts of one and two and mash it together with three. Because there's such, such shit in, like, episodes one and two. They're yeah. so bad. And then you show them four. Because does Rogue One take place before? Four, yeah. No. 
Yeah. Does it? Yeah, it's them yeah. stealing the Death Star plans. Yeah, so then, okay, so then you go Rogue so then you go one, Rogue One. 1, 2, 3, Rogue One, one 4, four five, 5, 6, six 7, seven eight. 8. And just ignore 4, 5, and 6 and watch 7 and 8. Oh, wow. I, I don't know. I'm not such a fan. Yeah, I'm not either. It, uh, like, I like them and I, I get it, but I just also, I don't know. I don't have the emotional. But you can watch 7. You can watch 7 without having watched any of them. Any of them yeah. And they're fine. Yeah. Um, and your kid is going to be way more interested in, like, Finn and Poe and Ray. Way more interesting. Yeah. Okay, are we ready? For what? Twitter? Yeah, Twitter questions. Okay. There's a lot. There is. Okay. People really came out. Which we appreciate. Thank you for that. Yes, we um, super do. Okay. Jess asked us a bunch of questions. She did. Which is nice. Okay. Amanda. For, we'll go with Amanda's first. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, I must get one last Olympic edition FMK. Mark McMorris. Yeah. Um, a bobsledder named Lou Marrera. And a skeleton athlete named Axel Jung. I'm assuming is how you would pronounce his name. He's from, from Germany. Germany. Yeah. Oh boy. Double murder. Really? Double murder keep the German. I'm on board with this. <laughs> I'm on board with that. Yeah. That's... The German is a sight. Yeah. There you go, Amanda. Um, Rachel asks, have either of you seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Um, literally of all of it. <laughs> literally the whole show. Multiple times. Because now it's on Netflix. It is. I'm not caught up with this season, though. Um... But yes, of course. Love it. My favorite moment of all time from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is when he's trying to interrogate that guy. He's like, I'm going to crack him. And he's got his guitar and he's just like, ah! <laughs> Oh, that kills me uh, every time. Andy Samberg is he's great. pretty great. He's great. Um, okay, Jess asked a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Panther related. Mm-hmm. Who would you rather be, Nakia, Shuri, or Okoye? And I totally agree with her, Shuri. Oh, forever. for sure. Shuri forever. Although I feel like being a Koya would be good because you would instill fear in literally everyone you met. Mm, I just feel like it's a lot of work and a lot of responsibility eh, to live up to. Maybe. It's maybe true. Um, FMK uh, <laughs> Marvel Edition. Thor, Cap, and T'Challa. I think you married T'Challa. I don't think you do. No? No, do your list. No. You're gonna kill T'Challa, you aren't you? <laughs> you betcha. No, I'd marry T'Challa. I would kill Cap. <laughs> what? Yes. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Because he is inexperienced, Megan. And I don't have the patience. Or the time. Don't you, though? No. Why not? Because I'm married to the king of Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then you just, like, take Thor for a ride? Yes. See, I would take Thor for He's a ride. He's the god of thunder. I you saw what know. he can do with his eyes now. <laughs> I know. I would, uh, yep, 